Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. Tonight we're taking a look at a blast from the past, uh, all the way back to our childhoods, I guess. Tonight we're discussing what I think is the peak of Western animation, Batman the Animated Series, which is now streaming on HBO Max. Yeah, so this one goes all the way back. I remember getting up in the morning, Saturday morning, watching this. It was on Fox and then the WB, and, and uh, I watched it all the way through. And one of my fondest childhood memories, I think, is, is watching this show. Uh, and we're all pretty much the same age, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have pretty good memories watching this this series. Yeah, man, absolutely the same. Um, this is definitely one of the best uh, Western animated shows out there. A little blast of nostalgia from our childhood. And it was fun to go back and watch these and uh, yeah. see them again in kind of a new light. Uh, there's so many cool little details and things that, I don't know, shows today just don't have. I don't know, they make some interesting, like, weird choices with it. It's really cool. Yeah. I think I think there's, like, a trifecta of comic book cartoons in the, in the 90s. It was, like, this, the Spider-Man cartoon, and X-Men, the animated series. I think those Absolutely. are the three. But this one, I think, you is... You wouldn't put Superman up there? The Superman? No, no, I, I would count Superman with this, because oh, it's... Oh, okay. It's, like, part of the same... I mean, it premiered later, but then it became, like, the same block, and it was the same animated universe, so, like, I, I would lump those two together. The Superman show is not as good, and I don't think people remember it as fondly, right? It's pretty good. I'm not saying it's it's not bad, but it's I don't think it's as good, and I don't think it, people mm. remember it as... It's not as iconic as this show. Yeah, definitely not as iconic. I don't yeah. know if because it started later or something, and, like, it didn't hit people when they were young enough or something, but I don't, I don't know. The Superman show just isn't, isn't the same caliber. Whereas the X-Men show, like, I don't think it's as good as this, but it definitely has that iconic status that the Superman show does not. I think this is heads and shoulders above the other two, like hmm. Spider-Man and X-Men. I don't know. Maybe I haven't revisited those in a while, so I, I can't say, but... So we, we clearly know Jeff's favorite. <laughs> well, what about you, Amir? Where would you... Amongst those three, or do you have another contender? I mean, I that I would say the same thing as Jeff. Like, those three are probably the top tier for me in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, and the, like, Saturday morning, like, 90s cartoon block. Block, like, yeah. That's got, that's got to be it, I think. There's a lot of, like, weird ones, uh, like... I don't know, Mummy's Alive and, like, Street Sharks and shit like that. But, like, I think... Uh, Swat Cats. Swat, Swat Cats, Cats, dude. Swat Cats is a winner, man. That was a great one. But I think I gotta agree with Jeff. I think Batman the Enemy Series definitely has gotta take it. I mean, if you think about it, if you're looking at, like, even, like, X-Men and the Spider-Man cartoon, can you even single out, sing, like, single episodes of those shows and, like, recite the title names and stuff like that and remember in such vivid detail? I don't think you can. Right off the bat, I can think of, like, a bunch of great episodes of Batman, the animated series, like, right off the top of my head, like, Heart of Ice, Feet of Clay, Almost Got Him, Over the Edge, you know, Joker's Millions. And it's not having seen it in years, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's just like, I just remember those episodes and, like, how great they were, you know? And I don't think the other shows have that kind of cachet or status where, where you can, like, instantly recall, like, the iconic episodes, you know? I, I think for me... I would still say that I liked the Spider-Man animated series more just because I think Spider-Man for me growing up was my favorite superhero. Mm. So I think I just have like the emotional connection to that series a lot more. 
But I, I don't disagree, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm terrible with episode names in the first place. I wouldn't be able, like, I honestly forgot a lot of these episode names, you know, for this Batman animated series. So, I mean, to refute your point, I think there are episodes of, like, Spider-Man that I, I remembered uh, growing up. And I, like, I still remember now, you know. So, I, I do think there are some really effective episodes of that series, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I still remember, like, bits and pieces of Spider-Man. But, like, not quite as vividly as batman but like i remember like the punisher and daredevil they made appearances, appearances. on the show uh kingpin who was normally a daredevil villain he was always on the spider-man cartoon and i remember fucking Smythe. you remember that asshole yeah um <laughs> with, like the, the robot legs and lizard yeah yeah and i think i mean we're diverging from what we're actually talking about i mean i think both batman and spider-man what they have in common is i think you know, respectively for their universes, they have the best rogues gallery. I don't know if mm. you guys agree with that. I, I definitely think Batman has the best rogues gallery in DC, and I think Spider-Man has the best in the Marvel universe. Um, so I've always kind of compared them in that way, too. Like, mm. that's why I love them both so much. You know, like, I'm not saying I don't love Batman. Like, I love Batman, too. So, like, and I, I think it's a hero's as strong as its villains. And I think that's why the, I gravitated to those two superheroes when I was very young. Yeah, and and I think Batman is the, the animated series is so strong because like they definitely took elements from that show and adapted it into the comics continuity, right? Yeah, like there are characters in there that originated from the cartoon that they yeah. didn't have in the comics. They took Harley Quinn, the Harley, Harley Quinn, <laughs> yeah, the biggest one. Uh, Mister Freeze, like he was a villain, but like they took that tragic backstory for him and put that in the comics right like mm-hmm. he didn't have that before before batman the animated series you know and i still think like kevin conroy is the most iconic batman like i yeah when i hear batman i think kevin conroy i don't think like christian bale or ben affleck or even michael, michael keaton, keaton or, you know uh, I, I think kevin conroy and he's probably voiced or played batman the most out of like anyone alive Across like yeah. so yeah, many the, different for iterations, the amount of time. Yeah. yeah, you know, he did this animated series. He's done movies of this animated series. He's played it in video games. So it's like, yeah. yeah, when you think about him as a voice actor and just just an actor, like he is definitely the Batman. And true can be said about Mark Hamill as the Joker. Yeah, he's the yeah. definitive Joker to me. It's it's kind of crazy to think that. Growing up, I didn't, like, know that that was Mark Hamill, right? Like, as a kid, I didn't really know. Right, right, that. right, right. I didn't make that association. It's only until later when I, you know, really started loving movies and loving, you know, TV that... It's like, oh, shit, realized, it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Luke Skywalker as Joker. And it's like, he, he has a super iconic, like, live-action character, but then he has a super iconic animated character, too, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. He's played him in this animated series. He's played him in the animated movies, Batman Beyond. And video games. So it's like, I mean, he is, to a lot of people, the the first Joker they think of also. Yeah. And also, the show's responsible for the best Batman movie. I know this makes it seem like we're looking back at this show with, like, rose-colored glasses or whatever. But, like, I legitimately think Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman movie. Oh, wow. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I know I it's pretty good. I, I don't know, man. I still love The Dark Knight, like, so much. So it I think would that's probably, probably be, one and like, two. I would have like, to watch them, like, side by side to, like, 
really see which one I would like, like more. My my argument is that The Dark Knight is a Joker movie. It's not really a Yes, Batman that is movie. also true. I also Ooh. agree with that. Yes. Ooh, that's a very good point. The Dark Knight is really, really good. It's so good, but Bruce Wayne and Batman kind of take a backseat in that. While Definitely. Mask of the Phantasm is like all Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all about him. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has the best portrayal of like Bruce Wayne in like all media. That scene where he's at the grave of his parents and he's like, "I'm sorry, I let you down. I never counted on being happy." That's like that's like yeah, such a gut that punch. Like a that's such truck. a good yeah. yeah, yeah. No other Batman portrayal gets to like the core of like that that tug of war inside him, mm-hmm. his quest for vengeance and like justice against like his bruce wayne persona it's it's there's nothing quite like that you can kind of argue and then that in the dark knight i mean nolan tries to take a little bit from that right trying to create this happy life with him and rachel i mean maybe that's where he kind of drew inspiration from you never know yeah maybe yeah i see seeds of that in the dark knight too though but I, I I agree. I think Mask Phantasm does it better. As a kid, I had, could not see that twist coming like at all. I was like shocked by that twist that Andrea Beaumont was the Phantasm. That was like crazy to me. Yeah, that's really good. I think that the uh, that what you're talking about that doing a good portrayal of Bruce Wayne is one of the things that like a lot of the live action movies kind of struggle with, and the show does yeah. really well. And Kevin Conroy does really well. He he does a really good like Batman versus Bruce Wayne split. That I think a lot of uh, media gets wrong, like Chris- Christian Bale's famously kind of goofy Batman growly voice. Yeah, he is, he is, it's very, very subtle, and it's really great. I think Kevin Conroy does such a great job with that. But anyway, I mean, this is, this is on HBO Max now, and I think I'm going to, in the notes of this episode, I'm going to include a list of the episodes in production order rather than airing order, because... The HBO Max is frustrating. Episodes are, they're in in the episode order where they aired, which is completely fucked up and wrong. <laughs> I don't know why they chose to do that. Wait, so did it really air like that? It's a kid's cartoon. Nobody gave a shit. They're like, oh, just put whatever episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was Fox. So they were like, whatever. It's a kid's cartoon. They don't pay attention. Just put the episodes in whatever order. Like, the first episode's like part one of a two-parter. And then the second part comes like eight episodes later. It's so weird. It's such a weird order. And like, it's introducing characters like way after like they appear in like other episodes. And it's it's a total mess. So I'm going to put a list of like production order. Yeah, I'm lucky we were kids and I don't remember this. Like, I Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I was so surprised, yeah, surprised to like read about this and like figure it out too. Cause I was like, wait, there's no way. There's no way it aired like this and I guess apparently it did. It's so confusing, yeah, when you're trying to watch it and that's how I started watching it, but it became super annoying that I was like, okay, I would have to like watch the episode and then stop it, go back to the menu to find the next actual episode and play it and then you know, once that was done, go back to the menu, play the next one. It became very frustrating to watch this show if you wanted to actually watch it in production order. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think it matters for most of the episodes. Like, I know they do it some weird stuff. Most of them they don't. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like some weird part one, part two stuff. Like, especially the first one with the cat and the claw or whatever, like, and that being separated from its second part by a bunch of episodes. But like, that doesn't, most of the time, these are just random mm-hmm. like, episodes. It's not super duper serialized at all. Yeah. The biggest thing they do is there's a lot of two-parters. There's way more two-parters than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like a lot of the best ones are actually two-parter, right? Like, uh, Feet of Clay, the Two-Face episode. And there's quite a lot of them where you're like, huh. Jumping off of that, what are some of your guys' favorite episodes then? Do you have a favorite? Ooh. There's so many. I have I have a favorite. Okay, lead off. All right, you start us off. What's your absolute favorite? favorite? Yeah, my favorite is in the last season. It is Over the Edge. Mm, I love Over the Edge. This is one of the ones I got to rewatch during this. You know, when we decided we're going to do this show. There's so many episodes. There's no way I was going to be able to watch all of them over again. But I definitely picked out the ones that I kind of remember and I wanted to rewatch. And this episode is so good. It's so good. This episode is dark. Yeah, it is dark shit and it's it like, like one of those like what ifs you know like you know barbara died and and then like gordon just like loses it right and like go goes full-on vigilante himself hunting down like batman and robin and nightwing and here's the thing when you're watching this episode like as a kid when you're watching it you would think like oh they're not gonna kill batgirl they're not gonna have commissioner gordon go over the edge and like <laughs> flip out and fucking hunt batman down and like Batman's, like, secret identity is revealed. They're not going to do any of those things. But you forget, like, that they'll never do that when you're watching this episode. Because, like, all this shit goes down. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite dark, right? Because it, it's like a cold open. It throws you right in there, right? Where they, yeah, like, he's yeah. already chasing Batman and Robin. And, yeah, it's a good episode. And then at the end, I love the moment at the end when she, you know, wants to tell her dad. And her dad's like, you know, I'm going to have to stop you here because I can't know what you're about to tell me. And they basically, like, you know, agree. <laughs> he, knows. Right, he basically says, yeah. he like, knows. Yeah. He's like, don't tell me. I, I have, like, plausible deniability. Um, but, yeah, I love that moment between them, right? Like, he under- like he's smarter than she gives him credit for, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it's, it's a great story, kind of a great what-if story, but then also, like, this really tender moment at the end between two characters. And it's great because it's not really about Batman, right? This is really a Batgirl story, which I really... Yeah. I think that this show does really well, too, right? It has, like, one-off episodes or, like, occasional episodes about, like, Robin, about, you know, uh, the various different Robins and or uh, Jim or, you know, Batgirl. Like, I think it, it does a balance between, like, you know, making Batman the star, but then also giving really heavy episodes to, you know, some of the accessory characters or side characters. Yeah, I think I think this checks the box of, like, everything you want to see in a Batman story, right? You got, like... The police and Batman and, like, Batman's secret identity and then, like, death of, like, major characters and and a showdown with Bane, which you always want to see. Yeah, right? there's yeah. some Bane so in this, cool. right? But the, the mark against it, though, is that it is kind of what if it was yeah. all a dream. Like, like that is the one thing that makes it... Yeah, yeah, I mean... yeah, You know, that, that kind of hits less hard, right? Like, the only reason they could do all that is because they were, you know, it was all a dream, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, obviously you have to in an episodic show, but it's just, like, that is the one thing that robs it a bit of, of its punch. Even though, of course, while you're watching it, you buy it. That's a really good one. But one up that doesn't pull its punches, I always love this one. I don't, know, I don't think it's my number one, but I just remember always really loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Growing Pains, the episode where Clayface creates that girl out of his body. Yeah, Dude, that one's crazy. It, that one's really, really brutal. Did you watch um, that one? Did you rewatch that one? I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Okay. No. Did you, Jeff? I didn't, I didn't. Okay, that's I, one I totally forgot about that one until you mentioned it right now. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, dude, that's, 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 one that's of, a that's a gut punch episode. Always right? sticks like, out in my in, yeah that that always sticks out in my memory as being one of like, yeah. the creepiest because Robin becomes friends with this girl and she's yeah. just like a a piece of clayface, pretty insane. 
What about you, Jeff? Like, is do you have any memorable episodes? I mean, we're dipping into the Clayface thing again, but his first episode, the, the two-parter, Feet of Clay, is so great just because of, like, the animation. Yeah! It's so much fun. It's so much fun when, like, Batman finally defeats him and, like, the guy, uh, Matt Hagen, or he's like a, he's an actor, right? So Batman puts like a video, like a whole wall of videos together to like confuse him. And like, he's like morphing into all the different roles that he's played before. I don't think children's cartoons have this level of detail and like finesse to them anymore. It's like that animation is just like next level. I think a lot of this animation is, is great. Uh, like the matte painted backgrounds and like the, the hand painted title cards. Like you the don't title really cards see are so good. They're so good. They're so good. And that's actually one of the things that floored me rewatching some of these episodes. I didn't remember how good those title cards were. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're, really, they're really fun to watch. And obviously so much care was put into them. Yeah. What about like speaking of like things that make the show different? What about like all the art deco and the fact that it's like oh, yeah. the nineteen thirty thirties, I guess? And there's like blimps and like I don't know, all the architecture and the red skies. It's so Yeah. It's so different. Like, what other show does that? Like, yeah, we're just gonna, it's just going to be the 1930s. Why? I don't know. We're just doing it. And it, <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it's, it's like Wonder Woman 1984 is in an alternate uh, 2008. Uh, <laughs> Batman the Animated Series is in an alternate, uh, <laughs> alternate 1930s, I guess. I don't know. It's just a really interesting choice that you don't, I don't know, see anywhere else. Yeah. So, I mean, I also think it does take a lot of its inspiration from Burton's Batman. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, because those actually technically came first, and then you know because of the success of those movies, I think kind of led not maybe not led, but like I think influenced definitely this series, and you definitely see those you know uh, neo kind of goth like like look of you know Gotham we see in those movies kind of translates uh, also in, uh, into this series, which I, I really do appreciate. I mean, it's definitely inspired by the Burton Batman, right? Because it's got, like, the Danny Elfman score mm-hmm, and everything, mm-hmm, like, the mm-hmm. as the theme song. I mean, that's iconic, too, just the it's, opening it like, is. intro, you know? So, okay, so speaking of those 90s cartoons, if we're talking just the intros, is this more iconic than the... I mean, I would I would say Spider-Man is definitely at the bottom of that, that tier. Is this more iconic than the 90s X-Men intro? Or do you think the X-Men intro Ooh. is still more iconic? Wow, I don't know. I really tough. do like that X Men intro. Yeah, that's right. Tough. I, I think would, the X Men intro really have good. To give it to X Men for the intro. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like they're both on par with each oh, other. They're both really good. Both really, really good. They're both really think, good. And I think the Spider Man one is like one B, probably. Like, or no, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. think Spider Man is very up there as far as like iconic uh, like Saturday yeah. morning. Uh, I'm not saying that it's, it's bad at, at any point, but I'm just saying, like, if I were to easily put one at the bottom amongst these three shows that we keep talking about, these three animated shows that we keep talking about, that would easily for me be the one at the bottom. And like, I think I still find the x-men theme a little bit more iconic than yeah it probably is it probably is well it's it's also like a a faster paced theme and like i think you can sing that a little better than yeah the batman one but like i don't know they're both pretty pretty awesome though yeah i also i wonder if the spider-man and the x-men cartoons had as many issues with censorship as Batman the Animated Series did. 
Because that was one of the biggest things. If you like read like the oral history of the series or like interviews with Bruce Tim, they're constantly talking about like the censorship and like how crazy Fox was not letting them show things that they wanted to show. Were there any examples he had? Oh yeah, so like there's this whole thing called censor decoys. So like they would animate this one thing which is so over the top and clearly never going to make it through the censors and they would submit the episode with that scene in it and then they would be like no you can't have this but then they would like have other things that would also like kind of skirt the line and then they would like overlook those things just because it had that one really bad thing in it you know and famously the show had like nine taboos where they couldn't show any of these things so they couldn't show guns Drugs, breaking glass, alcohol, smoking, religion, strangulation, child endangerment, and nudity. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I mean, the nudity makes sense. The, I, guess I mean, the, the nudity sh- makes sense. It's funny. Like a car- You think about a cartoon, one of the most iconic cartoons is The Simpsons, and Bart gets strangled all the time. All right. <laughs> but I guess that's not technically a kid show, yeah. per se. And then the thing with the guns is like, oh, I mean, there's obviously guns in the show. But, like, they made it so, like, the guns didn't look like common guns that you would find in people's households. So, like, your kids wouldn't be confused by, like, I don't know, you're fucking 44 in your daddy's closet or whatever. So, it was, like, all, like, weird-shaped guns, Tommy guns, machine guns, things like that. Because, like, your dad's not having, like, a Tommy gun in his closet, you know? So, um, I think that's part of the reason for, like, the 1930s inspiration and and also, things like that yeah i also if now that i think about it i can't remember if i do you guys remember if at any point anyone gets hit by a bullet no right I don't that, think so. that might have been um, part of that censorship thing too hmm. I, now that i'm thinking about it i didn't realize they actually couldn't even animate people getting hit they couldn't be punched or kicked did you know that so like Wait, how they what? got around what? how they got around that is like the impact flash. So like when someone hits them, there's like a couple of frames of white where like you can't see the connecting blow. And it's in like every single episode where there's like a fight. Like every time someone gets hit, there's like a flash. So like you can't see the actual like punch or kick like connect. The the censorship shit is crazy. That's wild. It makes me think about, I mean, this, this is kind of like the pioneering DC in the animated space, right? Really, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, of course, I know there's there's like series back in like the 50s or 60s or whatever, and there's older series, but like you know, this is kind of like at the start, I think, of you know our generation, but a lot of generations like this is the beginning. But then you kind of think about like the last what 20 years of the those like DC animated movies, and like they've they have gotten super violent, right? Like one of the Suicide Squads, you actually see like animated like breast. It's like rated R cartoon. Yeah, it's like super rated R. I mean, I guess I understand. This was a kid's show on, you know, Saturday morning block. Of course, you can't show any of that. But it is kind of interesting to see how far we've gotten. Especially because, like, one of the big hit, like, animated shows, you know, in the DC Universe right now is uh, the Harley Quinn show, right? Yeah. And there's F-bombs and, like, violence and every, everything. Yeah. Which is great, too. Like, if you haven't seen that, that's on that's on HBO Max, and I would definitely recommend that show. How far we've come, huh? That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know how far the right, we've come. Yeah, I wonder if we're moving progressed. in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we're moving in the right direction here. So, like, in that spirit, I want to say, like, a lot of, like, the animators and the showrunners are, like, you know, these censorship guidelines, they were a huge pain in the ass, but... They made our show better, which is what 
they all say, which is really interesting to me because like these censorship guidelines made things so much artistic and like so much more clever and intelligent in ways that if they just submitted and they accepted the episode, like you wouldn't get. So like the big example is like the Robin's reckoning episode where you find out what happens to Dick Grayson's parents, right? At first they just had them as trapeze artists and they fall and like you see their dead bodies and they fall or whatever. And but like the censors were like, you can't have dead parents falling to their deaths in like a circus freak accident on a kid's show. You can't show that. So like they have like this whole thing where it's like the spotlight and it's the shadow and then like yeah. you see them come and then the, and it comes back and like the rope is just dangling and it's like yeah. broken, you know? That's so much more effective. Another example is like the episode we were just talking about, Over the Edge. It was like, you can't show Batgirl falling off a skyscraper onto a moving vehicle and having her die like that. That's that's crazy. And so what they did was like, they didn't show the impact. They showed the impact from inside the car. And that makes it so much worse, I think. Yeah. From the perspective of her dad in the police car, yeah. that's, that's way worse than like... So, like, the ways that they had to, like, skirt around, like, the censorship rules and stuff, it's, it's really clever, and, and it really does make for a better show, and it's it's so interesting to me, you know? Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's the best results are, are out of, like, restrictions or out of limitations, right? Like, sometimes when you have a blank canvas, it's harder to make something out of nothing versus, like, if you're given some parameters and some restrictions, you know, you, you get some amazing results from that. And I think the show kind of uh, definitely shows that. What are some of the other good episodes you guys went back and watched? Like, I, I, I of course, went back and I, I, I rewatched the uh, the Mr. Freeze origin, uh, Heart of Ice. Yeah, Heart yes. of Ice um, is good. Great. That's a really great one. Um, what else? Oh, did you guys watch uh, Almost Got Him? Yeah, yes. Almost Got Him. Is I yes. love that one. Yeah, Almost Got Him is a I lot of fun. I love that episode. It's kind of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern for Batman, right? Because it's like all the villains <laughs> Absolutely, talking yeah. about how they almost got Batman. You know, it's <laughs> they're just going around. And it's like a poker game, and they're talking about it. It's just fun. It's just a fun it's episode. It's, it's really, really great. The Two Face episodes are great. They're they're so good. Yeah, and I appreciate that they took the time to build Harvey Dent as a character before turning before him doing into Two Face, yeah. right? Yeah. Like. Like you would never think like a kids show would like take the time to do that, but they but they did. So you like you really feel it when when Two Face like makes his heel turn and he he becomes Two Face, where, where Harvey gets scarred, right? And that's uh, scared. Did you guys rewatch that pi- the pilot? I did rewatch the pilot. Yes, it's pretty interesting because it kind of is balls out weird from like the very first minute. It's about like a guy who turns himself into a bat monster. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. bat. The show is wild from like minute one. It's really interesting. There's I don't know so many like interesting little elements of that. There's a lot of like Batman as detective. He's like analyzing you know the bat hairs and like uh, yeah you know doing all the detective stuff, the crime computer. And it's like it just it's really really interesting that it goes so weird from minute one. I think yeah yeah I don't know. There's like a lot of elements in that pilot. You go oh wow that were like. Laying things down from the very beginning. On Leather Wings, that's the name of the episode, right? That's that's good. Another comment I want to make was like, this whole DC animated universe, I want to say it's kind of like a proto-MCU. Just because it's like, 
the Dini and Tim verse, you know, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, they're, they're the primary architects, right? Paul Dini wrote so many episodes and it's Bruce Tim's art style. The quality is very, very consistent throughout like everything, like the Batman show, the Superman show, the new adventures of Batman and Robin, and then Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, you know, like all that stuff, even, uh, Static Shock. Remember that? Like, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think there's like a single thing that's not like buttoned up like tightly and correctly. And like it, everything's just great. Everything comes full circle. Batman Beyond, you know, everything ties in together. Yeah. That's a show that I have a lot of affection for. Like to take this Batman that we knew uh-huh. from this animated series and then, of course, you know, age him up. And then, you know, introduce us to a new Batman. Lo- I love that show. So, like, uh, if, if anything, if this show led to that one, like, kudos to to, to those creators. And... And, it, and it has one of the all-time creepiest Batman episodes. The episode with uh, Rachel Ghoul possessing his daughter. Yeah, that was mm. so fucked up. Dude, that <laughs> one still gets me. It's uh, that, That's an incredibly weird episode. Love that one. And a lot of the, like, direct-to-DVD movies are great, too. Like, Return of the Joker is fantastic. Yes. It's that's so an excellent good. One. Um, that's, like, a the Batman Beyond movie where, yeah. where the Joker comes back. Um, it's it's great. And Epilogue is great. That Justice League episode that bat- buttons up, like, the whole Batman mythos. You know, they even bring back, like, Phantasm. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. Terry McGinnis. Yeah. Um, Static's in that, too, right? No, he was in the episode before that. I oh, think. okay. Yeah, 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 I don't know how I fucking know this, but it was the Once in Future thing, part one and two, and then epilogue. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Did you guys like that they made Terry the actual son of Bruce, or not really? Did you guys think uh, that was kind of stupid? I did, but I see why it's a weird choice. When I was watching that growing up, I probably didn't put too much thought about that, but yeah, it's it's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, I... I just think, like, this universe also has, like, the best portrayal of Amanda Waller. I think that's such a great character. I, even though that's, this is kind of going beyond the scope of, like, the original Batman, the animated series. But, like, it was going with, like, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. But, like, this Amanda Waller is, like, heads and shoulders above Viola Davis. No offense to her. Yeah, man. Her, yeah, man. I mean, I, I really like Viola Davis, but fucking CCH Pounder is the definitive Amanda Waller. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so good. And she starts out as like a villain and then she becomes well, like. She's very evil. <laughs> she's definitely yeah, very she's evil. She's very evil. But like at the end, she's definitely got like a lot of shading. And I mean, she, she clearly still operates in like gray areas, but like you have a lot of empathy for her. And like it's, it's, it's a great character. And remember in the end, she hires Phantasm to kill Terry's parents. Right? Yeah, to, that's insane. To mold him into Batman. And then Phantasm's like Andrea Beaumont, like an older Andrea Beaumont, which is great. Like they tie that back into mm-hmm. yeah, kinda cool. the mythology. And Andrea Beaumont's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then Terry's dad dies anyway, right? And like yep. cruel, cruel twist of fate. That's like, that's good storytelling. I like that. It's good stuff. Man, this just takes me back. <laughs> in, in a way, though, okay, we have strayed like back and forth, right? So like, I mean, not. Does it hold up? But like part of the, I don't know, part of the reason this show is so good is it also spawned other great shows and great moments, right? Yeah. If you have to pick this show or any of its like successors, 
do you pick this? I think you still have to pick this, right? Like I said, this is like the start of something, right? This is like the beginning of what I think of like the DC animated universe. Like Jeff alluded to, like it led to Superman, it led to Batman Beyond, it led to Justice League, right? But I also can see your point. Like I, I think, I mean, just okay, the Justice League series was also very good. <laughs> it's excellent, and then you get some Batman, and then you get a bunch of other characters who all have like yeah. great personalities and great moments, and I don't know, it expands things from this like just that it's this focus on just this one character in this one universe. I, I don't know. You know what's fantastic about this whole entire universe? Is like I grew up with it. Right. The original Batman the animated series episodes are great, but it's still very much in the vein of like a kid's cartoon. Yeah. It's like not very serialized and a lot of one off episodes and a lot of simple storytelling, which doesn't mean it's bad, it's fantastic. But like once you get into like Superman the animated series and like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, Unlimited. and Batman Beyond like, you get into a lot more, like, adult storytelling with, like, I don't know, like, Justice League is, like, the, the Cadmus arc and, like, the conspiracy with, like, the question and all that. So it's, like, it's it's more adult storytelling and, like, you kind of grow up with, with the show mm-hmm. and, and that's something I really admire about it. And, and, and I don't think I can say that for, like, anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point, yeah. That's exactly why, you know, the DC animated movies now are just like super R-rated because all those kids grew up and, and we can watch <laughs> R-rated movies now. <laughs> yeah. No, but that that's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Even as the shows got a little bit older, like, yeah, the, the storytelling became more complex. Especially because, like, one of my favorite animated shows of all time is Young Justice. Yeah. The, you know, that's after Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And that even though those are about, like, kids like younger superheroes it felt at times more adult than the stories mm-hmm. that they were telling in justice league so like i definitely see what you're saying jeff this is kind of like why i mean another episode another dig at Zack snyder but like <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen his cut yet man you don't know you haven't seen his cut yet <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, come on I'm man waiting with bated breath for, for his for the stupid snyder cut but like who's asking for this stuff where Batman's murdering people and like uh, Superman's like snapping necks and stuff. Yeah, Superman snapping necks and stuff. It, it just goes to like a rotting foundation of like not understanding either character because like Batman the animated series like it shows like even with the crazy ass Fox censors breathing down their neck, they can make a great show that caters to both children and adults, right? Like it's mm-hmm. some great storytelling. It's compelling. It it really captures the spirit of Batman. So, like, who's asking for Ben Affleck fucking murdering criminals and stuff? I just think it's so funny because, like, Zack Snyder in, like, interviews, he's like, well, he's shooting the car and the car explodes. So, he's, like, killing them by proxy. So, it's not really murder. It's like, no, <laughs> motherfucker. That's that's murder. You're I'm actually killing yeah, people. Yeah, I'd be considered a murderer. <laughs> Well, speaking to that point a little bit, I I do think that the one thing that this animated show captures that I've always wanted and I don't think any live action movie has yet is like the Batman that like just comes out of nowhere, like snatches a dude and or like comes out of nowhere and like takes out a guy. You know, like the disappears, disappears, right? Disappearing on Jim Gordon. Yeah. And like. 
I mean, I think Nolan's attempts to he tried it yeah, i think he Batman comes begins. close but it's nothing like the cartoon i don't yeah, think yeah like that was the one thing i like loved loved about this animated series and loved mm-hmm. about batman and i probably still do and I, I just don't think any live action adaptation has, has really done that right yet so i i am grateful to be able to come back to these episodes and be like ah oh, that's the batman i love also no offense to the christopher nolan batman movies but the bat signal in those movies look like dick <laughs> You can't even tell us like the you can't even tell us like the Batman logo, right? I mean, I mean those movies are great. I I do like those movies, but I mean, there's something about being able to animate it where you know you get those crisp lines like you normally you can get in a show uh, or in a in a a cartoon I that I think really helps uh, dramatize the, the the bat signal and make it super iconic. Also, same as a comic, right? But yeah, I think what, it gets lost a little bit, and and uh, I, I think the Burton movies get pretty close to that right i remember yeah. that the bat signal being pretty iconic in those movies and pretty cool to see like in the air but i agree the nolans don't do it justice i also want to mention like this show it changed the way that cartoons were made like voice acting wise right because before like a lot of cartoons what they would do is like there's no reason for all the actors to be in the same room so like they all recorded separately and they slapped them all together in post but here like they normalize, like, having all the actors who are in the same scene, they bring them in together and do the voiceovers together, right? And I think you can tell, like, there's a chemistry there that's just not, like, present when you record separately. Oh, I didn't know that about this show. That's a pretty cool fact. That's super interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Actually, one one last thing I wanted to mention. I mean, I mentioned already the Harley Quinn show, and, like, I think over the years you know especially in the comics it's developed right that relationship between harley and ivy and it's kind of cool to see the beginnings of that right in this show where they they had like specific episodes where like they teamed up and they were like yeah yeah for sure that's that's where this came from that episode is called harley and ivy yeah yeah and there's actually a couple episodes don't they where they 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 work together yeah yeah, yeah. especially in the last season too i think there's a couple episodes that they work together so it's like I know they, they, you know, this is a kid's show in the 90s. They were never going to take it to the point where they were, like, in a relationship. But it, it's really nice to see the kind of seeds of that that idea, like, start on the show. Especially because, you know, Harley, of course, comes from the show. Um, but the, the seeds of that kind of getting planted. And then, you know, now we're at, at a Harley Quinn animated show where, I mean, spoilers for that show, they're in love, you know. So, it's, like, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah. I want to ask you guys. So... Between seasons two and three, the art goes through like a huge shift. Do you guys like that or do you guys not like it? There are certain characters or certain looks that I liked. Like I like the change in Scarecrow. Like I like yeah. the change in... Um, I think the Riddler looks better in the second iteration. Uh, but, like, I didn't really like the whole Catwoman and... That's the one I was going to say. I don't love... Yeah. Uh, I don't love the Catwoman one. It's weird because, like, the, what they did with Catwoman is they, they made her, like, white against the black costume. And they did something very similar to Ivy, right? Where they made her, like, a lot more pale. Super pale, yeah. <laughs> Which, I think it works for Ivy, but it, I didn't really like that for Catwoman. Yeah, I think there are some things I do like. The way they changed the, the animation for some of them and some of them I, I didn't. The Harvey Dent's not great either. Yeah. I'm not crazy about, like, Joker's beady little eyes in the new iteration. I kind of like the more expressive original art style. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I don't mind the beady-eyed one. He's so creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. I think Return of the Joker, it goes back to, or at least like a an in-between the two, right? When he comes back to life in, uh, in the Batman Beyond movie. It's not quite the the beady-eyed, uh, hollowed-out black eyes, right? Mm. I think a lot of that had to do with, like, they wanted to make it closer to the Superman animated series mm. art style. Because they wanted to do, like, crossovers and mm. stuff. And they they kind of had to make it match a little more. Um, because because oh, seasons one and two, that's true. I think the art is... A, yeah, the art is a lot more detailed, I think. Actually, now looking at the production order, did you find it weird that the very, I mean, the very last episode of this series is Mad Love? Yeah, it is a little weird. It's, it is it's odd, like this right? weird, it's like this, like, Joker, Harley-centric show. There's, like, no real, I mean, I guess that's, like you said, it's just a kid's show in the 90s. They didn't care about, like, continuity or, like, whatever. But, like, it's kind of weird to think that that's technically the last episode of this show. That is weird. But, like, speaking of Superman the Animated Series, I loved all the crossover episodes, you know? Those are great. Mm-hmm. You know that episode where Superman pretends to be Batman and all that? It's, it's, it's Yes, that's stuff. a good one. I like that. <laughs> that's definitely a good one. Justice League's not on HBO Max, huh? No. Dang, what a shame. I would, yeah, I wish it were. I, w- I want to go back. It should be. They own the rice, don't they? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, sort of like- I mean just Batman just dropped, so maybe like maybe they'll give some time and then yeah, they'll drop Justice League. I'd, I'd really like to go back and, and go yeah, back I and watch see the some of those HD episodes. remasters on that. So. I feel like if you go back and rewatch that, though, you might be a bit disappointed just because I did. And the beginning's a little rough. That first it's season, rough. It is rough. It is first rough. First season's ugly, man. You got to do some work work to convert people and have them hold on to that first season. The Justice League pilot is pretty rough with like the Martians Oof. and stuff. It's just like yeah, very, mm-hmm. very, very tough. It's like yeah, very tough, tough. To Although get revisiting it, I, it was better than I remembered it being. But still, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, like Superman, the animated series, I know we aren't as high on that show uh, as Batman, but like. That's some iconic characters too, like Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, so good, and and yes. uh, Michael mm-hmm. Ironside as Darkseid, Darkseid, yep. so good. Michael Ironside kills those lines as Darkseid. He's so good. Yeah. Let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always remember that. That's a that's Destroyer, right? That's that's yep, the yep, episode. Yep, that's it. And and that show had some big punches too, like the big gut punch episodes, like. Uh, Twilight, where Superman gets brainwashed by Darkseid and they take over the Earth. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, yeah, that's a great episode. And then, uh, and he kills Dan Turpin. Remember that was big moment for the for the show. So don't say Superman didn't go to some dark places because that, that that show had some some great episodes too. Uh, hopefully, it gets dropped on HBO Max. So I can maybe revisit some of those episodes too. Uh, but yeah, if there's is there anything else you guys have? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. No, I mean, this show is so good. Just definitely check it out. Like, especially yeah. if you've never seen it before. You're you're in for a real treat. I mean, I'll drop the correct episode order in the in the notes uh for the episode, but and Mask of uh Mask of the Phantasm is is also yeah. on HBO Max. So like like we talked oh, about Oh, it is. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so if you have never seen that, please check that out because it is it is a great Batman movie, you know. Yeah, not just an animated movie. It's a great Batman movie. 
the best Batman movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com and also on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Um, You can find me on Letterboxd. And what about you, Derek? You can find me, Derek, at the wrong day, day spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out too. Yeah, and if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions on anything or Batman the Animated Series, please uh, feel free to shoot us a line. We like to read the emails out on the pod sometimes. So if you would like to do that, you can send an email to jeff at strangeharbors.com. And with that, I think that will be it for this week's episode. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. See you next week. See you guys then.